Hello and welcome to the Thrive For You Besties podcast. I am your bestie, Carolina. And through these episodes, you will meet some of my besties who helped inspire me and uplift me in the moments where I needed it the most. And so hopefully we develop a community where we all help each other, share our stories, and you know, just have some fun and feel our best, which is the most important thing. Let's get started. And welcome. This is episode six. I'm so excited to talk about this one. This is a tough one, though. Childhood trauma and working through your inner child. Some people don't even know what that even means. I know I personally didn't learn about that until I was in my 20s, the late of my 20s. I'm still in my 20s, but it has been quite a journey to figure out things about myself. Um, what Really what inspired this conversation was that recently, uh, just a few days ago, I had a moment where, y'all, I cried about a crumble cookie. Okay. <laughs> and you're going to be like, what the fuck? Are you okay? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm fine trust me you'll you'll get it now i cried because i wanted to have a crumble cookie i realized that it was deeper than just having a cookie right it's like i'm in this relationship and you part really big part of being in a relationship is trying to trying to learn which parts of your issues are relationship issues and which parts of your issues are individual issues that need to get sorted out and I think it's healthy to have conversations. A lot of what a healthy relationship is, is having difficult conversations. Sometimes they start off by tiny little nuggets that you notice. And sometimes they develop into bigger issues, right? And anyway, I realized when I was like sad that I couldn't have this crumble cookie that was easy to get. I just wanted it in that very moment. Somebody told me like, oh, can we just do it tomorrow? And I had a complete meltdown. Then I realized, why am I crying about a freaking cookie? It's because I don't have experience, right, with telling somebody, no, I don't want to have it tomorrow. Let's do it today, right? And so that goes back to what is the inner child work? Basically, it's the idea that allows someone to recognize past trauma and then provide tools for moving forward. So it's a, it's a type of therapy And, um, I think like a really big part of this is to remember that the parents that hurt children, I think that that's really common. This isn't like a opportunity for you to bash a parent. Um, I think it's healthy to recognize that if your parent did hurt you, it's normal for someone to fail to meet their children's needs. And let me, let me, let me take a step back in it. I said normal, but I meant like, I don't want to like minimize it at all. I don't want to leave space for someone to like say that I minimized it. But when I say normal, it's like um, it's realistic to think that somebody could make a mistake. And a lot of times that's because they like project their own pains indirectly or directly. But parents are human beings. And I follow the psychologist and she's if you haven't followed her yet, I share a lot of her stuff online. Her name is The Holistic Psychologist, and um, I'll probably tag her or share some more stuff of hers. But basically the idea that, like, they're human beings. Your parents are 
human beings and they might have failed to meet your your needs as a child but part of being an adult is breaking cycles right part of being an adult is that adulthood allows you the opportunity to take responsibility for your life and to give yourself fulfillment of those needs that your parents couldn't meet right and so like for me I realized when I had the moment with the crumble cookie <laughs> was like yes I am an adult yes I do need to to learn healthy coping and uh, yes I do I get an urge to fulfill my own needs and if that means that I didn't use to have a space as a kid to be able to say what it was exactly that I needed because I I didn't have space we were three kids growing up but then we had a fourth and so it was really difficult as a middle child I think a lot of people with middle child syndrome kind of suffer from this it's like there really wasn't a lot of room for me to to counter the decisions that my parents had made. And maybe this is because of, you know, the Hispanic culture, a lot of traditional things. Maybe it's just that my parents had a little bit of a emotional immaturity, but that's just something that I carried. And I realized that that was part of my inner child being hurt. Like I reacted in that moment as a grown ass 28 year old, but the person that reacted to the moment with the, with the crumble cookie was actually my little five-year-old self. So I started doing some research and I'm like, wow, a lot of people can benefit from this. And there's different therapies that might introduce the inner child work. Um, some of those basically in the end, the idea is that it's just inner work that will open up space where you can let your subconscious walk through things. Um, I talk a lot about the book, The Untethered Soul. And in there, we talk a lot about releasing pain and experiences. So a lot of times the pain that we feel is re as a reaction to something that like triggers a memory of our past trauma and it's unfortunate that sometimes people think and hear the word trauma and they think of like really like really dark stuff but like trauma is an experience so inner child work lets you go into your subconscious allow your subconscious to take the lead by allowing yourself the opportunity to explore your feelings without the fear of being rejected or labeled inappropriate and that's a really important part because when I realized that thing with the with the crumble cookie whereas like you know, my partner was like, well, can we just do it tomorrow? And I'm like, suddenly I shut down, right? And I'm like, no, I don't want it tomorrow in my head, right? Because I don't know how to, <laughs> I internalize. I don't know how to say what could have easily been said is, no, I don't want to do it tomorrow. I would like to do it today. And so the reason why it's so important with not letting the fear of being labeled as inappropriate when you let yourself talk about these things is like when I made that connection that I'm not used to saying things like that. Like I'm not used to standing up for myself in that way or like I'm not used to saying like, no, this is actually what I want and like saying like, this is what we're going to do. I also realized that I carried that from childhood and then I almost felt guilty for making the connection, right? I had this big epiphany. I had this big realization and then I like started like crying because I'm like, wait a second. Like if this is true, is it, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, what did you realize? Like, tell me blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I couldn't find the words. I couldn't find the words because like if I found the words, I knew the words. But if I actually vocalized it, I felt like it would be a disservice to my family. I felt like it would be like, if I felt like I was like almost like parent shaming my parents, 
right? Or I felt like I was judging my parents. And so there's this like sense of like feeling inappropriate for making that connection. I was, I was feeling guilty even for realizing this, but that's part of the work is like as an adult, the moment you acknowledge, right, you are also able to separate the pain and you're able to kind of like, okay, this is actually something that hurt me and this is something that my needs were not being met and this is something that actually happened. This is my truth. This is my experience. And then you have to like choose to learn how to heal. This is not something where anyone's going to judge you. You do not need to feel guilty for having these realizations. When the time comes and you're ready, you can communicate these things with your parent if you guys are on, you know, speaking terms and that's healthy for you and your boundaries. But you do not have to communicate this to them quite yet. Part of the discovery process and the healing process is learning the tools to be able to acknowledge, cope, and self-soothe. Please try to like give space and remember that you do not need to feel guilty or judge yourself for having these realizations, for doing this work. It's really difficult if you come from that background where it can be really scary to think like, oh shit, like this is their fault because you're not parent shaming your parents, right? Do not hold any guilt for that because this isn't about them. This is about you. How to work it out. So when you're doing inner child work, there's different coping mechanisms. The Encyclopedia of Behavioral Medicine defines coping as our efforts to prevent or diminish threat, harm, and loss, or to reduce the distress that is associated with the experiences. So it really is trauma. And so a way to cope is like finding what efforts work to help you reduce the distress that is brought onto you by this memory. You'll notice that a coping mechanism is different than the defense mechanism because when you're able to bring yourself to be able to acknowledge a situation, that's coping. When you're being defensive, you'll deny, repress, and direct your energy and frustrations like against other people. I'll give you an example is um, when you're in an unhealthy relationship, oftentimes you'll avoid the people that are going to force you just by experience and existing to see that your relationship is unhealthy and they could have said zero words. Like I, I know some people, I know myself, right? Like there are some people who would be able to sniff any distress, any like unhealthy relationship that I could potentially be in. They would be able to sniff that shit out right away, right? Because they'd see like a change in my mood. They start to see me being defensive. They start to see me shutting down. Um, you might start to see like if if even if you have any girlfriends that might be going through this a lot of times, like if someone's going through something that they know is not good for them, but they're not ready to acknowledge, they'll get defensive by also like giving attitude to the person who is like reminding them. Even if it's with no words, <laughs> reminding them that they know that this is not good for them. So anyway, that's just a little bit of information on like what being defensive is. Flipping the page here as I wrote you guys notes and everything. So when you learn coping mechanisms, you will also know that you've learned a good and successful way to cope is when you can like bring yourself back to equilibrium. I talk about peace often. So equilibrium, balance, alignment, whatever you want to call it. Peace, right? A sense of feeling like zen, 
some people call it zen. Essentially, it's like your subconscious shifts and you're able to talk yourself out of moments of pain and you're able to like introduce like a different perspective that's more problem solving. It's highlighting only the parts that you can actually control. And it's it's interesting when I read this, I was doing research and I read this and I like ran to my boyfriend and I was like, I figured it out. Like I was trying to find a way to really like describe to you guys something that for a long time. I didn't know how to do this and I couldn't in, put into words like when the moment changed where like I figured out how to do this but it's like sometimes you know I have conversations with people and and they're just like well it's like you're just like a problem solver and it's like but you really do have to see it that way right and and you have to learn and it's a practice but when you learn to talk yourself out of negative self-talk when you learn to talk yourself out of negative experiences and when you learn to talk yourself out of a memory of trauma you really do learn how to problem solve because you're able to like compartmentalize things and and then if you're shifting to a positive perspective then you really can focus on the things okay okay it's that glass half full mentality right you focus on what you can control the glass is half full just add water so just be aware that if this is new to you and like while you're learning to focus on like problem solving perspectives and highlighting the things that you can control, um, keep a strong eye on just making sure that if you do have any codependent tendencies, if you don't even know what that is, please do some research, talk to a therapist because you might catch yourself considering some of the things that are not actually things that are in your control. You might actually assign those as something that you can control just because you're so used to taking on other people's problems. And so more on that later because <laughs> I also experienced this, but like we just got to work on that. Okay. So, uh, more on that. We'll do an episode on that for sure. Um, and you know, like a lot of this comes from like emotional intelligence and, uh, it was so interesting that I realized, um, yesterday when I was doing some research and it was like, there is an actual thing called emotional intelligence. It's like your EQ instead of the IQ and it stands for emotional quotient. It's the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in positive ways to relieve stress, communicate effectively, and empathize with others. And so to this emotional intelligence thing, there's like one, two, three, four, five levels. And one of those is self-awareness, which I would connect that to acknowledgement. Self-regulation is kind of like an accountability thing motivation which is optimism glass half full and like gives you a sense of direction empathy which is how you respond to other people's feelings but also your own basically walking through life showing yourself and others grace you might be really good at showing other people grace you might be really good at showing yourself grace and not other people so like having really having that balance of just going through life having the same amount of consideration for others as you do for yourself social skills basically improving your communication with others with yourself 
and basically that is like what guides you to breaking your cycles the idea is that like when you work on these things and your emotional intelligence is higher you are likely to have a better experience communicating to the people that you love like like one day you're going to be able to talk to your parents about this and you have to do so much work to be able to understand what your healthy boundaries are and like what a healthy conversation looks like some people are not very good communicators but like you really only need to be a good communicator yourself because you're only responsible for your experience right and you're only responsible for your own words so really being able to like know that about yourself and respect that about yourself is really important. So this carries into all of your relationships and even in the workplace. A lot of employers in corporate America moving forward are starting to focus a lot on this. I think that like inner child work really I've seen reflects in my business I noticed that one time when I had to have a conversation with my employer and like it's a you know it's a, it was a small business big business but like a family owned thing and like I had a really like close relationship with my boss and I went in and I was like talking about a raise and like I got so emotional and that was really honestly like the time when I realized like why the fuck am I crying when I'm asking for a raise but it was like the sense of like not being seen not feeling heard and then like when I finally do have the floor, it's like, oh shit, right? So I'll tell you guys really quick, the day that I knew that I needed to go to therapy, I don't know if I, if I ever shared this with you guys, but like the day that I knew that I needed to go to therapy, I didn't know that I needed to go to therapy. <laughs> like it just never works like that. So um, I'm, I'm at my physical and my doctor, she has this like really like soft spoken voice and she just has this really like nurturing energy really like love her strong lady she's doing my physical whatever we're just chit chatting about my um asthma that's like been in hiding for a long time she's like so how's life how are you she dead ass said how are you and i'm like i'm good but the way that she said how are you and she said how's life and then she looked at me in the eyes and she was just ready to hear my response I don't know. She spoke to me and I started crying. And after I told her I'm good, I was like, but I thought I was good. And I just started sobbing. I literally said, I'm good. And I started crying. And she's just like, sweetie, what's wrong? What's going on? Talk to me. Da 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 da. And then next thing you know, she like rushed me to the psychologist. <laughs> And that same day, she's like, oh, there's an opening 10 minutes. Go ahead and walk right over to that office. I had my little like um, diagnosis or whatever when they, I don't know, whatever your first session is when they like tell you if you're going to go to the psycho ward or I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the first session where they tell you if you're going to go to um, whatever type of therapy that they're going to recommend, right? And then you get assigned your actual like doctor anyway the point is that that obviously like those are all experiences that I didn't feel very like seen or like I didn't feel like I ever really got asked about how I'm feeling I don't feel comfortable with someone asking me about me or 
for me to start a conversation about myself. And so I do have some tendencies and and that you'll notice if, if you've ever felt this way, this is going to resonate with you. But having to claim your value, having to like to, to a person of authority, having to say like, I deserve this, this and this was really difficult for me having to say like if you you know are like oh let's go get this freaking crumble cookie and the person says I had so much sweets today can we do it tomorrow instead and I say nothing but then go be sad and like almost throw a tantrum about it different things like someone asking me how are you and then meltdown it was obviously not my adult self responding to those situations. It was my inner child. And so if you really think about the things that have triggered you, a lot of times those are memories and they're trauma memories. And so I have this post that um, the holistic therapist posted today and it's really good. And I'll leave you with this one. It says, many people experience emotional flashbacks and don't know what they are or how to cope. Let's talk about it. When we experience repeated shaming, emotional abuse, chaotic or unsafe environments, our brain and nervous system is impacted and chaotic and then unsafe is in parentheses. So like whatever that means to you, right? If you're used to a certain type of normal, keep in mind that that normal for you might not actually be normal. Okay. So again, I think like I want you to hear this with like an open mind of knowing that you're not judging your parent in a way that's like it's just it's not it doesn't have to be a negative or an attack toward them and you do not need to feel guilty for accepting this. The closer you are to accepting this and acknowledging it and learning how to cope with it and understanding it and working through it and healing your inner child, the better your relationship with your parent might be, but the better the relationship with yourself is in turn will help impact your future relationships. So let's do it. Specifically our amygdala. And if I'm not pronouncing this right, whatever, English is my second language. Amygdala? Update, it's the amygdala. It's too late now, you're just going to have to hear it this way. The amygdala is the part of our brain that processes threats or fearful events. If we experience this chronic exposure as a child, we can develop an overactive amygdala. This means that we experience threats more frequently and intensely, and we have emotional flashbacks of this. During an emotional flashback, the nervous system is hyperactive. The amygdala recognizes a perceived threat. So again, it's like it's all relative to your experience, right? A perceived threat because it's something that your mind is connecting that is similar to something that happened to you in the past. An example, somebody tells you, I know this is gonna resonate. Somebody tells you, we need to talk. The amygdala is gonna recognize those words as a threat, and then your body and your mind naturally goes into flight, freeze, or fawn. Intense emotions flood your body, then then you might feel some shame, you might fear, and then, then there's like an intense thought pattern that comes up, like doom, crisis, helplessness, whatever type of experience 
usually is driven by whatever that memory is. Um, for me, it was definitely crisis. Um, I know some people where they go straight into doom. Like I do know somebody like really close in my life when I'm like, oh, you're just going into like doom and gloom, right? And it's like that doom is how their mind connects to whatever that past trauma experience is. But for me, it goes into crisis. It's not very much a helplessness feeling. Although I know that that could be something everyone is different. So if any of these resonate with you, sometimes emotional flashbacks can seemingly come out of nowhere and we feel even out out of control. We may even hear a parent voice or like an inner critic saying things like you're worthless. So ways that you can manage these emotional flashbacks are to acknowledge them, of course. Again, we talk about this often. Acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge. The acknowledgement is the first step, but then call it something like I'm having an emotional flashback right now. Actually vocalize it to yourself. Like say it out loud. Acknowledgement means that you actually mean it. Like mean it that you recognize it, okay? Then remind yourself, I'm an adult who is safe right now. If you can, try to move your body because you can't stay stuck in your head. So I am an adult that's safe right now. Then you can use grounding techniques Think about like your actual current situation. Like what can you see, smell, or hear? Tell your inner child that you're protecting them now. Emotional flashbacks tend to come from younger developmental parts of yourself. We talked about that, the inner child. Connect with your safe person, someone who knows your past and can support you. If you have anyone in your life who like you now as an adult feel safe talking to, then you can talk to them um, or you can find a therapist. But basically, that's the idea. Like, to put it into simpler terms, it's like trauma looks different for everyone. And you might say, like, I will speak for myself. Like, I had phenomenal parents. But I still have my own problems that I have to work through. I think that, like, dysfunction in families is very um, normal. And our parents had their own traumas. And some of our parents were just emotionally immature And one of the ways that you can work on healing yourself from having emotionally immature parents is oftentimes looking like a highly defensive person, unable to listen to another person's thoughts or feelings without becoming emotionally reactive. So like, it'll look like, oh, I guess I'm just a terrible person, right? If anyone's ever told you that. Dismissive feelings like, um invalidating or denying or like tries to change the way that you feel in order to make themselves look or feel more better or more like make themselves feel more comfortable like uh you're so sensitive I guess you can't take a joke right it's like oh I was just kidding like it's it's your fault that you feel this way like oh you're just so sensitive there's also like black and white thinking like Everything's either all good or like all bad. So like that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, right? It's like completely invalidating. Then there's people who have like everything centered, everything is centered around their emotions. So like you share your emotions to someone, okay? And then that person responds with like, imagine how I feel. That's also not healthy. They'll take everything personally. Like if someone's expressing how they feel, then the response of maybe life would just be easier if I wasn't around. 
that is actually a really emotional, immature thing. And I think that, I don't know if it's how they were raised. There's an actual article that was really interesting that I was reading yesterday that talks about how um, different generations carry their own like traumas. And so like a lot of times, like our parents were raised by people who like never knew how to cope with their emotions. And so there was like this disconnect. And, And right now we're, or we have resources and tools that can help us heal and it can help us connect the the gap and we can use it constructively and have healthy conversations relationships are honestly difficult conversations broken down egos and like a full commitment to love as a like a mutual evolution so again like the whole thing about relationships is like you have to figure out like what parts of your relation, what problems are actually like relationship problems and like what problems are just issues that you individually have to resolve. Whether that's your relationships with your friends, your relationships with your parents, your relationships with your siblings. Like we all have different experiences that have contributed to how we receive information as adults now. And um, there's actually this idea that you have three people in yourself, right? You have your your teenage self and you have your five-year-old self, like your child self. And um, some of us have like different problems that we react. So like I've noticed a lot of like for me, I had like my, my young, young self, my childhood self reacts one way to certain things. And then like I'll have moments where like it may be in my workplace or a lot of times it's like in my dating life, I notice like a lot of my reactions to certain situations was actually like my teenage self. Um, I was severely insecure when I was a teenager and I seeked a lot of male attention. And so um, I saw my worth based on like male attention like I sought the male gaze and so like I carried a lot of that into my adulthood that's driven by insecurities but I guess the point is that like you just have to be aware so catch yourself how do you resolve conflict if you ever have anything trigger like a trauma memory now you have been introduced to a whole topic if you want to learn more message me like I'd love to start a conversation I think that we're all on this journey to a better version of ourselves and like this is a great way to start the conversation and who knows maybe one day you'll be able to like share this information with somebody else who can benefit from this um there's so much information out there if you haven't already follow this holistic psychologist um i'll share some of her stuff it's so so good i know tiktok does a lot of like tutorials like of other psychologists that put their stuff out there it's just so important for us to like collect information share it and to build a community where like we're all kind of like learning new things um if you've worked on your inner child before i would love if you feel comfortable share some of that with me i definitely know that i'm just getting started like it's been three years of this journey and i feel like i've already learned so much I can't wait to know um, my relationship with my parents is better than it's ever been and it just comes from a place of vulnerability humility and a lot a lot of love love is what I send to you guys thank you for listening I hope this episode was helpful to you and again message me let me know how your journey is going and if this was helpful or interesting to you and you'd like to know more on this topic We can do a part two, just request it.